paid good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. Nebraska. It was, um, the usual. Mr. Brackett, can you tell us what happened that night at the hotel? It was our anniversary, so we wanted to go out. I won't be me, you won't be you. Just two strangers meeting in a bar. Tomorrow night. I'm Jack. Alice. Do you and your wife role-play often? What exactly is this about? Do you know this man? No. Jack Bob Bob Jack. Pleasure. He just talked for five minutes to all the victims of her charms, and then he left. The one and only. Hey, where are you? I'll be right back. The wife's real name is Anna Peller. Wanted for contract killings across several continents. What? They told me what you are. My wife is an assassin. This is a lot. You kill people. It's over. I never wanted to lie to you. I just want a normal life. That I have a family to protect. You're my wife. I am coming to help you. Do not come here. Do you hear me? Do not come here. love you and I love our family. We can get through this. We are concerned about your wife and the safety of your family. She kills me this one. I told you I need out. You bring the whole world down on your heads. I love you. I have to go to work now though. Okay. Killing is bad, like unacceptably bad. I know, I am. I'm done, done, I swear. Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this special episode, I'm talking with Thomas Vincent. He is the director and co-writer of the new film, Role Play. The film is about a couple in New Jersey where the wife is a paid assassin and her husband doesn't know. The film premieres on Amazon Prime on January 12th, 2024. I had a great time talking with Mr. Vincent, and I hope you have as much fun listening to our interview. I started off by asking him how he came up in the world. I'm French. So I started making movies in France within the French industry, which is very different, obviously. I've always wanted to make films in English and to work in Hollywood. And life made that possible. And I've been lucky. I started working on international series. Also, I first I did feature films in France. Then I worked, I worked on international series in English and then such as Versailles or Tunnel, which are European series. 
And then I, I did that British show called Bodyguard, which has been a hit in the, in the whole world, which made me visible from the distant city of Los Angeles. And, and then I got a call from a few agents and producers and the rest of the story started. You were behind one of the adaptations of Donald Westlake book with the hook. What brought you to that? Cause I love Westlake. Oh, you've done your homework. <laughs> but the thing is, originally came across one of his books, which I really loved, which was called The Axe in the late 90s, which was about a guy working for a company who was being laid off and who realized that given his background, his resume, he had very few chances to find a new job. And so he sent a fake ad for his own job. So he got the resumes of the people who worked against him. And he realized that he had very little chances to, to be hired. So what he did is kill them and kill them all, the 12. What's great in that story was that every murder was terrible because it felt like he was killing himself. Like it was, like, was a mirror. And it, like it was a great story. But unfortunately, I didn't get the rights for this one. And, and then soon after, a French producer sent me the, uh, told me that he had the rights for another novel, which was quite similar. And, and that ended up being film that I shot in France, adapted to France. And which was called Je suis un assassin. I am an assassin. Assassin already. Assassin story. Which was the story of a writer. It's a bit like the beginning of Stranger on Train. Two writers meet and one is famous, the, the other has made it. And the rich one asks the non-famous one to kill his wife for him. And the nice story was that the guy managed. He did that horrible thing, which was a terrible thing to do. And he managed to escape the police. Like he was home free. Like crime was not punished. And the only thing that, so he was like, his life was better because he had made a lot of money and everything seemed to be good. But then his wife gradually was getting, becoming crazy, losing her mind. She didn't know why. Because in a way, the thing has entered his family and was turning everybody's life into hell. And that was a very beautiful story. That was my second film. Uh, you also act some. Are you a, a actor who directs or a director who acts? I'm not an actor. In acting, I grew up among actors. My mother's an actress. My father was directing actors on stage. And so that's my, that's the village for which I come. And, but I've been acting from time to time and I love it. And I think it's very important for directors to be able to act and to act for to be on the other side of the camera, to know what you expect from a director, how you feel, how it feels to be in front of a camera. I think it's paramount. All directors should do that from time to time. And, but I've only done it a few times. And, uh, yeah, it's not what I do. Your English is flawless. It must not have been a very big deal at all for you to switch from making films in France to making films in America or English speaking countries. I think speaking by hands as well. So that helps. That's helps a lot when I can't find my words. <laughs> so what brought you to this latest one? What appealed to you about this story? 
it's a perfect mix between comedy and action, which is great. And it's a perfect mix between a very entertaining story, a great plot. Yeah, it's great fun. And something that's also meaningful because it's about a couple get down. It's about a couple who's struggling in fighting to stay together, not to lose each other. And this is a very universal story. Makes it so relatable. I think everybody knows about those stories. It begins with a couple. They've been together for seven years. They've got a kid. They've got kids together. They love each other. They really do. But they're a bit bored. And so they try to spice up their marriage. And that's what all breaks, all hell breaks loose. And also, the wife has a big secret, obviously. She's like, she moonlights as, a, as an assassin, which is the really fun part of it because it's such a, when you sound like, so it's a story of a New Jersey suburban who moonlights as an assassin. It's some sort of a, it's a very funny proposition. And so how, what do you do with that afterwards? Yeah, you need to watch the film. It also feels almost like part of it is to get rid of that. I would almost call her the mother-in-law character. Yeah. <laughs> I've been hesitating about that one because I th- when I got this fit, the first half was really working, was really superb. And the second half was like, was not quite what it had to be yet. And one of the, que- one of the big questions was who's the baddie? And, and we, that's one thing we really worked on a lot. And the question is, who is it? And since the key character is the wife, is Kaylee's character, who does she have to fight off? I think a maid baddie, I don't know, felt banal. And so we decided to make it like, a, like some sort of a mother and daughter conflict, which could be very brutal and very mean. And I think that was very interesting. Also, mixing that with action, it's not only exchanging bitter lines. In the end, it's about guns. And I think that was more original, more fun. And to, with Connie Nils and Katie, we had two great actresses really fighting each other. I think that was meant fun. And I think it's more fun. Basically. What other um, ways did you help enhance the script once you got it? The main thing we've been working on, which was not quite there when I first read it, was the reason why Kelly's character had been an assassin, how she turned out, how she ended up being a suburban wife, and how the whole plot would work. Like that, the logic of his, of her character was not completely perfect yet. And it took us a while to keep her likable and or badass at the same time. And making her, she's a liar. She's been lied to, to her family, but at the same time, she loves them. And seeing her having lied doesn't make her unlikable. All that was like, that was a very subtle balance to keep. I think the casting, especially when it comes to Dave, the husband character, critical because he could have just not hit that right tone. And it's so important that you like him and that you respect him, but you also can see why he would be freaking out. The choice of your cast was terrific. What David is is an incredible actor. And I think there is something that, that was in the script, which you really enhanced greatly and which makes 
the character work and the film work to a large extent is the fact that he brought something that that's his really. Like David is an extremely honest person. Very like he's one of the most honest person I know. And he brought that to the character, which as you say, made him very respectable. He doesn't look like cockholes of some sort. Never. Because he genuinely loves his wife. And he's just like trying so hard to keep loving her instead of the fact that he discovers he had a double life and not half a double life. And he's trying so hard to save his family. That makes him quite admirable, in fact. And fun at the same time. Because like he's carrying most of the comedy. He's, oh, he's a fish out of the water all the time. Like the, his, the, the scene, the interrogation scene with the, where the cop arrests him is, is one of the best moments in the film, really, because of his performance. Yeah, when he starts to laugh, you're so with him at that moment. It's, it's funny. It's something, it was written like that. And we had done like a few takes. It felt like we were there. It was great. And all was good. And I think we just had a few tweaks. So we went for another take. Then I said, yeah, have a look. And then he came up with that without, I didn't know he was made to do it. And that was amazing, really. Such a great instinct. How was it working with Bill Nike? It's so nice that it's a small role, but it makes such an impact. First of all, Bill is, 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 is incredible. He's, he's just a great human being, which is when you get to meet very famous actors such as him, you always hope they're what you think they are. And sometimes they're not. And he is, every bit of it, is really that perfect, absolutely charming British gentleman, best version of it. And, and at the same time, quite often, very famous actors who've done so much. He's, he doesn't think that so highly of himself. He's, he's actually pretty insecure. He never knows whether he's going to make it or not. And... A lot of it for me was to convince him that he was Bill Nye and he was a great actor. And he, there was no way he was not going to be great. And at some point, we, it's difficult when you come for like him for just for a week on set. So it's difficult to get into the energy of the shoot right away. You have no time to warm up. And he had so, such a long scene, like 50 pages straight. And he was quite on edge and that reflected in his acting. So it took a little while, but at some point, suddenly he let, he let loose. And then he was like, fantastic and fun. And we're such a, he's such a funny guy and deeply funny and very human at the same time. And this is what's being a director is, is really a privilege when you're the first one to see a, such a performance on the screen. It's a privilege. When and where did you actually shoot this one? All in Berlin. The, it plays, the action is set in New Jersey, New York, and in Berlin, but we all, we shot it all in Berlin, including the house in New Jersey, lots of blue screens and so on. And uh, yeah, for production reasons. And, uh, and so the, so the second half of the films all plays in Berlin in clubs, seedy places. And, ends up in a forest in Berlin, outside of Berlin, which is a great location. The thing is, we had to probe the ground where we were going to shoot because the, like the place had been bombed so much during the war 
there were still some unexploded ordinances there. And we had to make sure well, we're not going Ger- Germany and like history is everywhere. Wow. 60 years later, that's what else. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Had you shot in Germany before? No, that was the first time I said many places in Europe, but uh, Germany was the first time. And Berlin is, it's like New York and the U.S. It's very specific, but it was an amazing crew, really lovely people to work with. Apart from the landmines, what were some of the biggest hurdles you had to cross with this one? The one difficult thing, and we knew it from the start, so we were ready for it, but it was difficult, was to get the, the balance between the comedy and the action right. And it was very clear that it was impossible to completely anticipate what the issues would be. And like comedy and thriller can exclude each other, like water and oil. And when you want to combine them and it doesn't work, you have neither, which is terrible. And so I knew it, like it was very clear to me that that was the challenge of this film. And, and for some scenes, I decided to, that didn't know whether we should take it seriously or as a comedy. And I, I shot two versions because I knew that I, I, it wasn't possible to say. I knew that I didn't know for sure. And I wanted to keep some space to evolve in the edit. We yeah, had like, for instance, the scene in bar in Berlin where they meet. We're seeing really two very different versions of this scene. Properly comedic one and a very serious other no white one. It was just rather the comedy one, but why? Is there like a drop dead serious version of role play out there? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Folks, you need, you need to watch it. All of you, uh, then maybe we'll have this version come in. What really attracts you to a particular project? What is it that you look for when you're going into a new job? Mainly the characters. If characters are compelling, whether it's comedy or action or drama or whatever, I mean, if they're singular, if they're well thought, if they're original, and then I'm in. Then my imagination gets started. And then I see myself doing it. And then I'm interested. Then I love them. If the characters are too stereotypical, I find it boring very quickly. And it's the same for me as an audience. When the characters are not interesting, I just zone out very quickly. And I think what's really interesting with these two is that it's, they're, it's a reverse couple in many ways. David is the less macho husband you can imagine. And Katie's somehow, she's a pretty badass mom. The dynamic within this couple was really interesting. I think that's what really drew me to it, apart from the plot and everything else, of course. But that was very specific and it was an interesting challenge. I don't know if that was a factor for you for Jack Reacher, but those characters were all fascinating and I really enjoyed that show. Yeah, Jack Reacher is an interesting character, that's for sure. Yeah, it like really like that thing of when you think of when you try to think of the psychology of Jack Reacher, like, where is he exactly on the spectrum? And makes it really, really interesting and great fun to work with. And Alan Richardson was really naive, I think. He's great in it. And I'm really glad for him that it works so well and that the show gets renewed and so on. I could, he deserves that. How about you? What are you working on next? Most of my American projects have been paused because of the strikes and it's only starting again now 
there are quite, quite, quite a lot in development. I don't know which one. There's one that I really like, and I hope I'm sending a message. Platforms, do something about it. There's one which is about the um, Eddie Gallagher case. Does that remind you? Yeah. Uh, so it's this Navy SEALs chief who was accused by his men of war crimes after his action during the siege of Mosul. And it's with, we have James McAvoy attached to it. It's a great actor and it's a great script. It's a great story. It's like it's halfway between Full Metal Jacket and, and the courtroom drama. Six episodes. It's great and amazing characters, all of them, all these soldiers, the conflicts between them, the relationship, everything is incredible. I'd love that to work, but filmmakers life, you know, especially now the platforms have been spending a lot of money for the last 10 years. It's been like, like monopoly at the beginning. Everybody's, I've got cash and they need to buy all the cards. And then there's a moment when all the cards have been bought and you need to start to make money because you're broke. And so it becomes a very different game altogether. This is exactly where we are in the show business right now. We'll see. see. Mr. Vincent, thank you so much for your time and thank you for role play. It was a great movie. I'm so glad you liked it. Thank you. Like a magnet to a flame Like a mirror in the dark And we're off to a bad start again Dawn begins This is what the summer became Only strangers walking down from the beach Where did we bury the time? Assassin killing fun for kicks. Stab me in the front. Tell me that I'm jinxed. Fun assassin, take off your disguise. Look me in the eye and cry. Lost in space, waiting for a bus from this place. When I get there, I'll just fold up my mouth, drop it, and never look back. Assassin, hijack the parade, suck out all the air, polish up the cage. Fun assassin, treat me like I'm stone, push me to the back and moan. Take off your disguise, look me in the eye and lie. 